Hello, it's been a uh, only a, a moment really, but we're back with another Holtcast. Um, Aston Villa played Shrewsbury Town today, beating them by a goal to nil. Um, due to scheduling issues, me and Danny weren't able to kind of do one today in our normal Sunday slot. So I've brought on a regular guest actually. It's Talk Aston Villa, Cole Petham himself. How are you doing, mate? Uh, pretty good. How about yourself? Two, one, two games in a row now in preseason. So I'm feeling pretty positive about things, uh, especially when it comes to Villa. Um, it's, not, it's not going that bad at all, actually. Oh, exactly. And you know what? We're continuing on from last season. We have, what, like three wins on the bounce? Four wins on the bounce. Tech. Oh, I guess we lost the, the penalty one. But anyways, technically, I'll take four wins on the bounce since we went through in the, the semifinals there. But uh, no, continue, uh, continuing momentum. Um, it's interesting to see some of these guys uh, embed into the team as well. And I'm sure we'll have a few more signings in the future. So what Aston Villa do with these friendlies, Cole? I think we've seen against Minnesota is that they play one half with one team and completely change it out for the second half. Previously, I think the last two seasons, they've done that a lot, but they've played two friendlies at the same time, usually to kind of kickstart the season. Um, I preferred that actually, because it kind of, you know, ramped things up really quickly. It got a lot of people um, game time, but I guess because with them going over to Minnesota and having that successful trip over there, it's kind of thrown a spanner in those works. It'd be a whole other game to arrange in really you know, it's a short turnaround. They've only really just come back from Minnesota. To, so to play a game after crossing, what, six, five or six time zones um, is incredible, even though it's uh, only up the road in Shropshire. So, yeah, it's, it was good to see Villa kind of get get a few quality minutes today, really. Um, I'm not sure what, again, it comes with that caveat. We can't discuss, we can't take this too seriously. So, I mean, we're going to speak about the kind of negatives, but I think we should focus on the positives. So what I want to know, Gal, before we get into discussing the match is, to start it off, who was the the guy today for you across both halves? Oh, across both. Um, here I'll give you three. I'll give you first half, second half, and overall. Uh, okay. First, uh, I wasn't a big fan of the first half to be honest. I thought we started off really slow, grew into it a bit. I want to say after probably the twenty minute mark. Um, oh, geez, it's kind of tough because I didn't really see any standouts. I thought Hato was outstanding again. I think clearly going into the season barring someone else coming in to replace him. I think he starts there. Um, second half, I'm going to probably have to go with Hogan just because he scored. Um, if not, it'd be a good argument for uh, Big Wes up front. Actually, no, you know what? I'll give it to Wesley. Um, and overall, um, yeah, I'm going to give it to Wesley, actually. Obviously, you're only playing half a game, so it's kind of hard to rate an overall performance. But the fact that I don't know how many times I counted that it took probably two to three of Shrewsbury's players to even take it off him, I think that's a good omens for the future. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I think I enjoyed Hotter, especially so in the first half. Um, Wilbur had he he had a tricky opening minutes, but we're not gonna re- we can't really judge him off off you know one cock up in the first few minutes because he he played with pace and he seemed to link up well with uh, Hotter on the side and especially Keenan Davis there was a few combinations going on there and the left side was a bit more trickly like Neil Taylor and Andre Green they kept there was too much patience there I think whereas you know Will Bear um, Hotter and Davis were kind of quite fast at combining it seemed like Neil Taylor Andre Green they had to wait for Jack Grealish to kind of lend a hand or show up and uh, they didn't seem to have that kind of inclination to really drive into the box. Um, I'm, I'm again, I'm not too disheartened from what I saw. I'm pretty impressed actually. Um, I think overall, if that team were to play a full ninety minutes, they would have won. Um, but I guess you, you're going to take the best parts of both teams. Really, you're going to bring Wes into that first half with um, Grealish, Hotter, 
Wilbert and the the other first team starters, Mings, all of those guys, they all need to play together, really. Um, we saw that in Minnesota, didn't we, with Wesley combining quite well and uh, quite unlucky not to score. But again, that second half, um, Wesley, massively impressive for me. Really, really impressive. I think the first touch he, he, sh- he showed um, when he brought Hepburn Murphy in, who again, and he, he was quite a standout himself. He brought Hepburn Murphy into the game with just kind of a flick of the boot and he mirrored it almost identically when he, he brings the ball down and kind of lobs that bouncing through ball through to Hogan. Again, another player who impressed. So I'm re- really positive signs from Wesley. Unselfish, has a bit of a trick about him. Um, always working, quite a hard work rate. And he'll come really deep to collect, which is an incredibly positive attribute for us when we were playing with these wingers. Like uh, Hogan was a, practically a winger this match. He played on on the uh, the right wing and Hepburn Murphy was on the left wing. So it's good to see Wesley bring in these kind of shadow roles because Al Ghazi will be on the left and we'll have Trezor Gay or Hutter on the right. He'll be making those guys work and he'll be giving those those guys chances. So I thought that was excellent to see. Um, really good tricks, really good kind of um, heads up play from him, I guess, Cole. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think one thing on, I want to bring up with Hogan too, and I think it like his future with Villa will all depend really on if another striker comes in or not, in my opinion, or I guess if there's someone else in for him and we're just willing to let him go. Um, but honestly, I thought he did pretty well as a winger. Like uh, somebody think as strictly as a striker, obviously Wesley is, I'm not going to say he's ridiculously quick because he's not, but he obviously needs uh, players for link up play. He is excellent at holding the ball. That's been evident over two games. Uh, now that he has a full 90 minutes um, under him between Minnesota and obviously today, um, no, he links up really well with Hogan. Actually, there's a few good interlinking plays with him. Um, maybe that's a partnership that we can use, whether it's cup games in the future. If Hogan does stay, um, Hogan coming off the bench, honestly, I thought they worked really well together. Um, I think the other player I kind of have to bring up here and I don't want to get negative, but I just, Bjarnason, I just, I don't know what to make of him. I thought he was really sloppy today, like really sloppy, all credit with Minnesota and getting a goal there. But today there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of the team was very sloppy in the first half too, but there's so many misplaced balls. Um, I think there was one where uh, the Shrewsbury striker was right on his heels and he just panically kind of passed it back to Konza. Konza wasn't really there, so he had to track back a good 10 yards. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking like, you can't do that in the Premier League because if you're going to do that against, say, Liverpool or United or City or whoever, you, those are going to get picked off. And I know we can't read into it too much, but that's a concern for me because he kind of has a history of that since he's joined us. How do you feel about him? Yeah, it's it's hard because he's always in the action, whether, you know, it's at the back at the back post kind of heading out, getting involved in tackles, throwing in those cynical fouls to break up play, or, you know, again throwing himself at a header when we're when we've got an attacking corner. So you know, I don't really want to take too much away from Bjarnason because he, he works incredibly hard, but he does have, he is prone to these kind of, I don't know, is he, is he thinking too quick? Is he trying to impress too much? Because it does seem like he doesn't look when he kind of does these back passes. And when he did that one to Konza, I thought, is that going back to the goalkeeper? Is that going exactly. to anyone? Because <laughs> the way, the way AVTV is framed, right, you can't see. So this ball's trickling kind of forever and no one's, no one knows who it's meant to to go to but again these things happen in football anyway and um, we saw plenty of it you know even the the top tier teams are prone to these mistakes so yeah i don't want to look in 
too much into it, but we if we, we're here to pick negatives, right? We exactly. have to discuss this match critically, regardless of what it is, because that's what we're we're here to do. And you know, people are here to disagree with it. That's fine. We're not using this as a final judgment. But if we were to pick something, I guess one of the main things would have been that mistake. Maybe also reflecting on Jed Steer as well, because he he seemed really shaky. Oh, I know. It's kind of the old, the steer of old, really. Think about it. Kind of interesting to see that he played both halves um, and Kalinich didn't even come in at all. So that was interesting in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. It Like, it is a big gamble to have him rolling into the season as a starter, in my opinion. He deserves it, yes. But I mean, more of the, like, the more intense preseason gets, the more games we play... Uh, especially with, I'd probably say, the game against Leipzig, the last one, and I can't remember who we, who we play right before that. Um, those are going to be probably the tell-all for him in some sense because if he has shaky games there, I don't know how much confidence Dean Smith's going to go into Spurs with them because that's going to be a game where, realistically, we're probably going to face a lot of shots. There's going to be rustiness on both sides. I'm not trying to preview that game, but it's just... It, it just it scares me, <laughs> I guess you could put it. I mean, if you're going to pr- play against these high-pressing teams and Jed Steer's dwelling on the ball, he can't really do what he did today. And that's basically, I guess, not paying attention or maybe not even taking it. I don't want to accuse him of not taking it seriously, right? But he was kind of just standing on the ball. And I know Michael Morrison of Shrewsbury isn't the youngest person. He kind of looks like someone who's going to be laying bricks, right? He's, he's got <laughs> the grey hair. He's, he hasn't got the slender body frame. He's, you know, quite big and muscly. And he's approaching and Jed Steer kind of isn't doing anything. And he was really lucky to hold on to that ball. Like, if it was a full season game, maybe he would have taken it more seriously. Maybe he would have acted quicker. But definitely Michael Morrison would have carried on pressing because he gave up after he missed it. Oh, but he didn't yeah. turn around and go back for more. So Jed Steer's quite lucky there. And there was also the challenge where he run out run outside of the box and take that he took down Sean Wally. And luckily that was a free kick. Um James Chester got away with one as well because that was right on the, the edge of the box as well. Um, but Jed Steer got booked for that. And it was quite rash and it was a bit surprising to see because again, you say people aren't taking you don't take these preseason you know friendlies too seriously. Mm-hmm. But there's Jed Steer kind of diving rashly outside the box. Oh, exactly. Like, I think his biggest issue, and it's kind of bit part, but the first issue I'd raise with him is if when he has too much time on the ball and too much time to think, I think that's his worst enemy. But then again, you just brought up two great examples that split second, sometimes he doesn't make the greatest decision. Now, even the world's best goalkeepers make terrible decisions. Look at De Gea, look at Allison. Uh, before that, look at every, like, there's so many errors there you could point out throughout the history of, of football, but... It's just one of those things that makes me wonder because going into a season and the first game is just as important as the last. So going into that, is he – I don't want to read into it too much, and I I know what I'm doing, but that's what I'm doing. But uh, there's rustiness for sure, and I'm hoping as preseason goes on, we see the best of Jed Steer again. Yeah, I think uh, this is this is his this is the most important time for him though because you know Villa are going to be they're rumored to bring in a new goalkeeper. There was of course interest early on in Jack Butland, which went away, and there's now interest in Tom Heaton and maybe some continental options. So you know he's got to fight for his place because Kalinic is clearly not wanted. If they're not bringing him in, you know, to play a half now, they want a fee for him. Nyland's going to be coming back. 
So Jedstee is kind of the only real option that Villa want to use right now. And he didn't show, you know, it was a, he didn't have much to deal with. But those two high-profile incidents today, it's a bit shaky and it's something he'll... He's got two games to work on it, really. So he's got the match against Warsaw midweek, the match against Charlton, which he'll probably be starting as well. Um, before Leipzig, he's got these two games to kind of look at and go, you know, those two mistakes are made. I was rash. I can call down. I've got two games to kind of work on that. So I'm hoping in these next two games that he can improve on on those aspects, maybe calming down, taking a bit more time on the ball and working on that distribution, making sure he's an active player, not a bystander in this game. Because when he when he was caught out, it's because he's had nothing to do all game. You know, and he's the first thing that happens, he gets the ball and there's a, a really rash action and he wants to be involved. Hopefully those other sides can test us a little bit more, get him involved a bit more. So he's he's warm, ready and awake. Um Bjarnason as well. Um just uh he's there's a slot for him. There's a slot for him in his side if he wants to go for it. So work on a few of the issues today. He's got two again, they've got two games to do it before things start getting really serious. So we'll we'll see. Um a player who impressed me actually, Cole, was Russian Hepburn Murphy. Um we don't see much of him. He was, of course, a highly rated youth player. He's still very young. Um today he was quite electric. Um he was playing on the wing, he was brought into play, probably snapped at a few chances, but um he did seem very lively. Yeah, he seemed really good. Um apparently that loan last year did him really well. Um seemed to have a lot of confidence, and it's great to see another player coming through the academy, of course. Um yeah, it seems to give us an interesting option. It'll be good to see how he does um, against the likes of Charlton. I don't know if we'll see him against Leipzig because I'd imagine you're going to see your probably best side at that point, especially. Uh, but no, it's definitely a good showing by him. Um, and you know what? I still do think he needs a loan. I want to say like lower championship, probably League One at this rate, because I, I feel like last season he went down to League Two, if I'm correct. Um, so yeah, definitely impressed with him. Um, another player that I was really impressed with and unlucky in the first half was Davis. Um, he had actually a good couple chances, definitely held up the ball well, looked a little nervy, but you know what? He's still young. He's still learning. Um, but that's another, uh, another player that can certainly fight for his spot. And you know what? I think he has a future here. Yeah, I think, um, it's, it's really good to see him kind of not getting too upset with his lack of game time. He does get into the team. He does... Well, it's, it's in these opportunities that he can prove himself. And I think there was a, a lot to like there. Maybe not the end product everyone wants, but the confidence is growing. He's, you know, beginning to have a kind of an impact in these first team scenarios. Maybe mm-hmm. before uh, passing by, he's just a bit part player when he comes in as a substitute. I know it's preseason. It was encouraging to see. Um, Callum O'Hare is another youth graduate. He had a hard time against Minnesota Cole, but today he was a bit better. There was some kind of sloppiness, um, but there was a real desire and energy to get back involved. Uh, he wasn't putting his head down, but on a good day, he'd have had two goals because he was right in front of goal and he didn't really find his feet both times. Exactly. Uh, he's another player I think we need to keep this year. Um Really, behind Grealish, there isn't much, and I think that's a big concern for many people too. Um, but at the same point, you know what? I think with more game time, more experience, he's really going to thrive. Uh, today looked great, and honestly, you're correct with that. Two, he could have definitely had two goals there. Um, looked very lively, gave some great looks, some great options. And you know what? Uh, to defend him with the Minnesota thing for how old is he? What, 18, 17, 18? He's only just turned 21. He's 21. Wow. Comes off a loan spell from Carlisle. So, yeah, um, we should be looking at a loan spell again this year, I think, maybe championship level, because he he definitely has it. 
there is a lot to like and the criticisms he faces are the exact same ones Jack Grealish had you know it wasn't that long ago when people wanted to sell him to Middlesbrough if I could you know I, re- I remember that quite quite fondly now it's f- very funny to look back at that but these criticisms of O'Hare are the same ones Grealish faced that there wasn't any consistency he seems a bit lightweight can't find his feet there's no end product there's no finishing and we saw that today uh, a better day he'd have had those two goals but maybe a lone spell again would do him a world of good because it it clearly helped him last yeah. time I yeah i agree lie. these play honestly davis o'hare even Grealish, jed steer i feel like they're all still like 19 i don't know why they just all feel like they just don't age for some weird reason um but yeah totally agree with that um I would like to see him maybe get a look in off the bench maybe for the first couple games of the season and then go out depending um, what loans come in. Obviously, after that point, it would... I know there's... I don't know how the emergency loans works anymore if that's changed since the window closes earlier. But I would like to see him get some more game time there. One player, though, I have to bring up, and I've been really impressed with this preseason, and he's staying fit, he's staying in shape, he's not getting injured, is Lansbury. He's been fantastic. Like... I, I, where was this when we we bought him a few years ago? Because if he stays fit and he's firing, I can't see why he wouldn't be a bad bench option coming off on the in the Premier League. What do you think? Yeah, I've always felt quite odd about Henry Lansbury because we saw him a lot in our first season in the Championship, and then we we've, we've never really saw him again. I know there's been a lot of injury issues, um, but he's always kind of looked good when he's coming in cameos. You know, against Swansea. Uh, in the FA Cup when we were knocked out, he was firing these long-range passes and making the team really tick and really work. And we didn't have that without Grealish. We didn't have, well, anything without Grealish. And Lansbury kind of gave us a bit of an edge, not the same edge that, say, Grealish would give us. But there's there's at least something there. And he does show a bit of, you know, he's dynamic going forward. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't suffer anyone. He doesn't want anyone. He, he, won't, he won't be hassled. He won't really get threatened by anyone kind of hassling him off the ball. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to like about Henry Lansbury. Whether he can cut it at a Premier League level is a completely mm-hmm. different story. But I don't think we're asking that of him. We're not asking that of Bjarnason or Horahan. We're asking that they're squad players, that they come in and do the job, that they carry Aston Villa when Aston Villa needs them. And I think, you know, with the personalities of Lansbury and Horahan, they're definitely equipped to do that. Oh, 100%. And you know what? He's a neat and tidy player. Um, he's not going to play every game. Um, so even if he does get a little slight niggle here and there, he's going to have time to get over it. Um, yeah, bit part. And you know what? This is probably, this is maybe a bold statement and I don't like making this kind of claim on someone's career. This could be his last shot at ever even playing in the Premier League, in my opinion. So he's probably going to give it all he can. He wants to stay on this team. It's clearly obvious. Um, but yeah, with that, did you want to get on to some, uh, Twitter questions from Norman Dean Stew one. And he did say, does Scott, ha- Scott Hogan have a future with us? Uh, my inclination is, like you said before, if we can't sort out another striker, like a, a Neil Maupai, for instance, we I would be inclined to go with Scott Hogan because well, it would have to be. There'd be no other option, really, apart from Jonathan Codger and Keenan Davis and Hepburn Murphy. But Hogan would be one of a f- few senior figures there. So it, dep- it really does depend on what happens. Exactly. Like, it will depend on what happens, obviously. And he's also someone, it doesn't look the best out wide, but he's also someone that has enough pace that he could probably get away with it um, on a temporary basis if it was later in a second half of a Premier League game. Um, it's going to be interesting how this one plays out because I, I don't like, you can't really read anything, and especially the preseason goals. 
Um, and I don't know, the first few we had in the Minnesota game, there was a little bit of celebration. Obviously, it's more about fitness and getting together and just getting everything kind of down pat. I don't know. He just didn't look that excited. I don't want to read too much into that either. So I, I don't know if his mind's like half in, half out. Um, but obviously, a lot of things are going to be kind of unfolding here in the next few weeks. So that's going to be that. Um, I'll kind of want to bring in another question this guy asked because he asked actually a few good ones. Is uh, Hata a first team player? Do you think so, James? Yeah, definitely. I think um, from what we've seen, he was brought in to be a, a first team player. Me and Danny discussed this on the uh, previous podcast. Is I don't. I think people are questioning him quite often when just becoming just because he came from Blues and the fee was really low, plus Gary Gardner, doesn't mean he hasn't got the quality to play in the Premier League. Again, go you go back a few years when we played Brentford, Hotter ripped us apart. He's a really good player. Birmingham paid over the odds for him and they gave him a lot of money. Otherwise, you know, my guess would he, he'd probably be playing in the Premier League now, even if Villa didn't come in for him. I think he's good. I think he's quality. There probably needs to be a bit more work defensively, which is something El Ghazi picked up on. But Hutter's really good. He can he can combine really well with Wilbur. There's a lot to like. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, it's going to be interesting because if you're having Hata in, uh, I might pronounce it a little bit different, but Gilbert um, on the same side, that's going to be interesting if that ever happens. Because yeah. that's a lot of att- <laughs> yeah. attacking. And especially against someone like Spurs, I don't know if you're going to be wanting to roll that out. Um, it's going to be interesting because they both like to go forward and sometimes they don't necessarily like to get back um but yeah it's going to be interesting um how do you feel about uh, elmo coming back who would you start against spurs especially i think gilbert gets a start Uh, i think you've been pronouncing him correctly i don't know where my pronunciation (laughs) comes from i think i'm just reading it i've heard a lot of different pronunciations of this so i'll go with yours um gilbert versus Elmo. Um, again, they're both quality players. Gilbert is definitely has the pedigree. He has got the potential. He's got the talent ceiling. He's highly rated. But Al Mohamedi has been, he has been really good for us. And I think think people are too quick to kind of move on from him. Yeah, he's, def, he's probably not going to take that starting spot. But I think there's a player in there who can cut it for us. He's a hard worker. He has that wicked early cross that Dean Smith loves. It's something that we've enjoyed. It's something that led us to the Premier League. So, I'm not going to write him off. Gilbert's getting the nod, but Almo's definitely got something to prove. Exactly. I think they're both situational players. You're going to play them in different scenarios. I think if you're going to play Elmo, yeah, he could still get forward, but I think you're going to play more of him in a, a shutdown role. Um, we haven't really seen that from Gilbert as, as of yet, um, if he can really do that. Um, so that's going to be interesting there. Um, I also wanted to bring up one more... Uh, comment here from Parachute Blues. I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but the gist of it was just he feels like Andre Green should go out on loan, maybe to a mid-table to lower-table championship team. Looked short of confidence, looked a little shaky today. Um, To be fair, he also did look a little bit shaky against uh, Minnesota United, um, I think it was Thursday. Um, So that'll be interesting as well. Do you think he has a future with us this season, or should he move on? For the season. It goes back to that kind of young player conversation where if they don't burst onto the scene and impress incredibly well from the get-go, they're kind of written off. Um, Green came in really onto the scene in our first championship uh, season when Steve Bruce started playing him kind of towards the end. And Green, he was dynamite. I mean, I remember having a conversation with my dad and this was when we were still playing Grealish on the wing. I was thinking, 
Andre Green is what Greeley should be on that wing. Like he's explosive, he can tear teams apart. He has a really good shot on him, and we we've kind of stayed there with him. And I know he's had the injuries and the kind of loan spells that haven't really kicked off for him. And uh, whilst Jack Greeley just went from you know he's just went upwards and upwards and hasn't really stopped. He's he's you know stratospheric above uh, Andre Green right now. But there was a time when we was comparing these players as equals, and one of them's kicked on, and they have had the football, yes, but Green. He's had these chances, and we haven't seen that major, that major turning point. Mm-hmm. Really, I think we're kind of stuck. And I do think, I really do think, his future is at Aston Villa. I think there's a really good player in there, but he just needs that that whole season that he hasn't really had. He's never had that, so I think he needs that football. It's gonna have to be a Championship loan. Yeah, I agree with that too. If he was gonna stay, and maybe it comes down to depth, he would be very handy to bring on in the second half when defenders don't have the legs they did prior to that, uh, everyone's a little tired. That's great. But still, even with that, in my opinion, he just hasn't kicked on, like you said, in that sense, because you could bring him on when everyone else is dead tired, but you kind of want him and hope and expect that he's going to be that game breaker. He's going to be picking space. He's going to be opening up defenders and giving other options. And yes, that's happened, but... Again, it's happened at the championship level, and is he going to be able to pull defense defenders apart um, at this level? I honestly, I think he needs that loan, maybe a bit more confidence. Um, I just also, I think he needs a bit more. And this is kind of rich coming from me because I'm not a professional footballer by any means. I think he needs a, just a little bit more work on when he cut, kind of cuts in outside the box because we've all seen it. He likes to kind of go deep, cut in out wide from the box, and he likes to give that little finesse curled shot. I think he needs to work on that a little bit more because I don't know how many times I've seen him do it. And yes, it gets on target sometimes. Most of the time it doesn't. Um, I just think he needs, there's a few things to his game he just needs to work on. And if he can get it right, he's definitely someone for us in the future. Yeah, I think he just needs that time and patience, maybe the time. and That's never really afforded to our young players. O'Hare kind of been the latest victim. And yeah, I guess with hindsight in the, in the future, we'll look back and say, yeah, he was never going to make it. But we don't know. He's still only 20. So he, he's younger than O'Hare. Yeah. There's a long way to go. There's still another three or four years before we can really make this final damning judgment. He hasn't played that much football. He hasn't really ever had a massive good run of games you know it was only really at the the end of last season when we were making that playoff run that he seemed to kind of appear and be that rotation option that we, we always wanted him to be but again he's still young he's still incredibly young and a lot of people forget that they forget Jed Steer's age as well he's 27 now and people assume he, well he'll be 27 just after the season kicks off people assume he's still really young crazy for a goalkeeper i guess he is but it's uh it's crazy yeah absolutely i want to i feel like he's 21 still and we just bought him from norwich like it's (laughs) it's crazy that he's been there that long and it's it's finally just coming to fruition and i mean that's with any keeper like keepers can play until they're like look at buffon he could probably play till he's like 42 so like it's they're just like an ageless wonder obviously the physicality is a lot less um it's gonna be interesting there um, last question that I can even find on here that I wanted to bring up, and it's more of a lighter note. How good is it to have Jack Woodward back on commentary? Cause it's very good. Uh, <laughs> I loved him. That was, I was not expecting that whatsoever. Like I, I just heard the voice and I'm thinking, okay, this sounds familiar. Th- sounds okay. 
And then as soon as he said his, his name, I'm like, oh my God, he's back. Like, bring that man back. That is fantastic to see. Yeah, it's incredible to see. I think uh, maybe he just needs someone else with him to kind of bounce off um, because these preseason games do get very dry, the, you know, sloppy football. It's not finalized. So there's not really much for him to speak about. Um, but yeah, it, he's very broadcast and very old school, but he's a familiar Aston Villa voice and it makes you, it does make you think of the Premier League. Yeah, I think you should do the next one from his tub or whatever. What was that video where he did it and he was in like a tub or something? <laughs> I think that's where he needs to do the next yeah. one. Get a little side of uh, chips, a <laughs> little table of chips and some snacks on the side and yeah, I just kind of can't put the camera over to him a little bit for some like uh, some halftime thoughts in the in the tub. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I really can't believe that they did that. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over that. But um, Cole, on a final note, Villa have a game on Wednesday against Warsaw. Um, what do you want to see from that game? What do you want certain? Where do you want to see some improvements? Um, honestly, I think at this point, I'd like well. Just generally, I would like a full team to play 90 minutes with subs. I think that's what's needed now. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of O'Hare. Um, I would like to actually see Lansbury start because I want to know if that body of his can handle full, a full 90 minutes. That's a big question with him. Um, I want to see if Steer can kind of, I wouldn't say redeem himself because it's preseason, but do better. Um, and you know what? I'd like to see Bjarnason come on in the second half and kind of just stabilize that and see if he can be someone coming off the bench, can stabilize that midfield um, and close a game out if we're winning because that's what his role is most likely going to be if he stays with us. How about yourself? Yeah, I definitely want to see um, maybe a centre-back pairing be behind out, whether it's Chester and Mings, Mings and Konza, Mings or House. Um, we need to see some movement there because Engels, of course, hasn't yet played for us. He had a bit of a knock today, so we didn't see him play against Shrewsbury. Um, but it'd be good to see kind of us develop that that full-time centre-back pairing because we've got a lot of centre-backs to use and we don't really know where we stand from except... We, all we know is that Tyron Mings will be starting. So it'd be good to see who can really make the claim there because I think James Chester, again, has a good shout. He's come back and uh, he doesn't seem to be that that tacky after spending so much time away due to that knee injury. So yeah, I'd like to see a, a centre-back pairing being uh, ironed out. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I was going to get to ask you that, but I completely forgot at the start. I would like to see more of Mings and Chester play together because I feel like that's going to be what rolls out against Spurs, I'd assume so. Um, someone a little bit more active on moving the ball and then Chester being more shut down um, and still can move the ball a little bit. But I would definitely like to see, um, I think Dean Smith right now has to really figure out what's going to work best for us moving forward, figure out who's going to be the starting duo, but with the same mindset of if you work hard enough, you can break into it. Um, who would you prefer to see, I guess? I rate Engels um, highly, of course, but we haven't seen him play yet. So I wouldn't want to include him in this conversation, even though he's probably one of the better options. Um, It'll be Mings and Konza, I think, Um, as good as James Jess has been, as good as Courtney House has been. I think uh, Mings and Konza, it has the potential. Uh, Mings, of course, is a rock at the back. He has the ball-playing ability. And Konza seems to have that too. He's he's big. He's like Mings. He can play the ball. He can dribble it out. He is the kind of Tuanzebe figure yeah. that we needed, I guess. He'll be fl- sliding into, directly into that role. So, yeah, I think we'll go we'll go with that. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We've got a few games left of preseason. These things need to be ironed out. And we've seen, all we've seen is rotation, massive rotation so far. So I guess 
starting Wednesday, we might see something that looks like a finalised picture at the back. I'm not so sure, but um, yeah, I think that's Conza's uh, place to lose right now. Oh, totally. I can see that. Uh, it's going to be interesting because angles especially, I don't want to speak on them too much, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this all rolls out. We've bought, we bought so many centre-backs, I can't believe it's actually happened because you look at a few weeks ago, we had Chester. Um, but yeah, I would agree with that. Mings and Conza would be a good show. I just don't want to roll at a whole new centre-back pairing into our first Premier League game. Because someone that's not even had a game within that league, it can be a lot and very overwhelming, especially against Spurs. Well, Cole, thank you very much for coming on today. Where can people find you? If you want to find me, uh, just find me at uh, Talk Aston Villa on Twitter. Um, I tweet a lot of rubbish, but you know what? You can follow me on there and we can always have a chat. Um, you can find me at Gemma Rush and we'll be speaking about the uh, the Warsaw match, the Charter match, and looking forward to the Premier League season proper because preseason really is ramping up now. So goodbye, folks. We'll see you very soon.